Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello everyone and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle. There may be only two games in round 16, but both of them are absolute beauties and we can't wait for it and, and we bet we, uh, you can't wait as well. You're live on the Backchat Studios YouTube channel and wherever you get your podcast. Paul Persick with you on the official podcast of the WAFL. It's a great pleasure to have your company. Once again, alongside me is Mark Foreman. Mark, two big games coming up and they all have ramifications come September. Certainly do, Paul. Good to be back with you again. And to all our listeners, uh, yeah, uh, you know, if if you're going to have only two games in a weekend of waffle footy, I think these are pretty good ones to have. So they certainly are. Um, looking forward to keeping an eye on these results. And um, yeah, you, you're right. I mean, I know you have a vested interest in the Fremantle Derby, but East Perth and Subi as well will be a, a really important one. We spoke to Tash Schofield on uh, earlier in the week, and he was sort of saying. You know, their footy's been good enough. Well, their footy's been good, but perhaps not good enough. Is it good enough to beat East Perth? Well, that's something that I'll be looking forward to having a look at as well. It certainly will be. Of course, uh, in a moment, we'll have Harrison Marsh from East Fremantle to talk about the big derby against South Fremantle, as well as uh, a little something we like to call stay, go or drop for the seven teams (laughs) that still are in the race for the final five. That'll be a little bit later. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. And, of course, one of those big games is the Derby. South Fremantle, they've won 15 straight against their arch rivals, but no doubt the Sharks, they are just as determined to not only crack that streak, but also keep their spot in the double chance intact. East Fremantle, they've played some good football. They went into the bye uh, after a solid win in Geraldton. They're back to commence the Battle of the Port. One of South uh, East Fremantle's big stars has been Harry Marsh, who's come over from Subiaco to take part in the, in the uh, Sharks side for this year, and he's good enough to join us. Harry, a big welcome to you, mate. Thanks very much for having me. Great to have you on the show. It's always a big game, this uh, Fremantle Derby. What's the, the morale like in the side, knowing that you've just come off the bye, fresh as, daisy as, uh, fresh as daisies after the win in Geraldton, and now you've got to come up against your arch rivals? Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's come at a, at a good time. Um, like you said, we had a pretty good win up in Geraldton. I think we're, we're really starting to, to find some form. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to the weekend. I think it'll be a good, good matchup. Uh, Harry, just as a general sort of sports fan, I've never been one to look at past results and, and stuff like that to try and predict, but this is this seems to be a bit of an exception. 15 in a row, um, you know, without beating these guys. Um, what's the mentality? Like, does that... Are the playing group aware of that? And, like, does that play on your mind at all? Um, I think you get a lot of external commentary about it. Um but from within, you know, we're pretty focused on um, a week-by-week type of thing. And, and yeah, I mean, it's the, the history does sort of stack up. But, um, like I said, at the moment, we're really just focusing on, you know, uh, ourselves and our form and, mm. and what's actually helping us win games. Um, so I think that'll hold us in good stead for the weekend. What is it about, what is it about South Fremantle that, that makes them hard to match up on for you? Um. Well, I mean, I think we've seen throughout like the year in the waffle, especially is you know if you're off five or ten percent, mm. um, any team's good enough to beat you. So if you don't bring your best, um, you're always at risk of losing. Um, so I think you know the derby obviously makes it a little bit 
bigger in terms of uh, a bit of feeling about it. But um, yeah, like I said, if, if you're a little bit off, um, you're a good chance to, to get beaten because there's some quality sides in the Waffle this year. The conditions over there at Fremantle Oval on Saturday are going to be a little bit uh, tricky, maybe a little bit of rain around. Does that uh, sort of change the game plan a little bit or are you sticking with uh, what you're intending against the Bulldogs? Um, yeah, I think we'll stick to, to what we're good at and try and play to our strengths as best we can. Um, we've had some good games in the wet. We've had some, some average ones. So, you know, whatever, that we can't, can't control the weather. But, um, yeah, I think we can just control what we want to do and try and execute on the game plan. Harry, just wanted to speak personally about your journey. What, how important was your time at, at Sydney and then coming back, obviously, as a, an older player to play in the WAFL? What sort of learnings did you take out of that and, and how important was that time for you? Uh, oh, I mean, as a player, it was very, very important, I think. Um, you learn a lot. Um, I had a bit of a up-and-down career and wasn't too consistent. So, you know, trying to take those learnings and just play as consistently as possible um, has been a big focus and it's been awesome coming back um, but I think it sort of just made me a bit of a, a well-rounded player um, and like I said like consistency is my biggest focus and trying to um, trying to play at a higher level. Yeah and so what was it like coming back we often hear people when they drop back they you know have that appreciation of the game a little bit more are, are you enjoying your footy? Yeah, I think it's always tough when you come out of the system um, for at least a year. I think mm. most blokes, you know, do a bit of soul searching, trying to work out what they want to do, and um, that definitely uh, was the case for myself. I uh, probably didn't enjoy my football as much as um, what I would have liked, but the last couple of years have really been enjoyable. And, um, you know, just trying to have a bit of fun while playing footy, I think, is the main thing, and at the moment, that's, that's the biggest thing for me. That's what drives me. So, um, but yeah, it definitely does take a little bit of uh, adjustment coming back and you know working full time and waffle. It's a, it's a huge yeah. commitment. Yeah, it um, And I don't think um, you know players get enough sort of credit. I think they a lot of people just expect people to roll straight out of the system and just be raring to go and yeah. full of excitement and enjoyment. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily the case for a lot of people. So. Um, yeah, it takes a little bit to get get used to, but um, it, it is a whole lot enjoyable at the moment. We're well, certainly having a great season, uh, Harry, and uh, we're certainly enjoying you watching uh, your football over at uh, East Fremantle. All the best for the big game on Saturday at Fremantle Oval. It's an absolute beauty in prospect. All the very best to you on your side. Thanks for your time, mate. Thanks very much for having me. That was, of course, Harry Marsh from the East Fremantle Football Club. The pressure's really on them, I'd have to say, because they've got to beat their Archtown rivals. Because I think there was... Uh, Jacob Lansby, who was on um, earlier this season after the WA Day uh, game, that says if you can't beat South Fremantle, this East Fremantle side this year, you may not have a chance of winning the flag. But uh, <laughs> this game could define their season, what their path uh, to, the, to the 2023 finals may look like. It could. If they're going to break a hoodoo, it's a pretty good time to do it because three teams sitting on 36 points, uh, you know, inside that five. Um not only if they snap that hoodoo, they also really solidify themselves in the push for that top three and uh, the best percentage in the league as well um, means that, you know, they've just got to win a, a few games to, yeah, like they're, they're going to be at the top of that group. So 
Um, it is a huge game. You know, the more we, the more you think about it and analyze and talk about these things, it's, uh, it is really big for East Fremantle. It certainly is. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Every game live, free and in full on the AFL app. This is Paul Persick and Mark Foreman. Of course, the Battle of the Port 2 for 2023, Mark. There are injury battles for both. East Fremantle, we know they're without Milan Murdoch who's out for an undetermined amount of time as a result of the shoulder injury. We may not know if he's going to play in the finals at all. Uh, South Fremantle, they've got uh, Caleb Datsun. He's still out. Brendan Archie out with a shoulder. Brock Higgins is out with a groin injury. Toby McQuilkin's out with concussion. And Chad Pearson is also out as well. So both teams a little bit hard hit. Yeah. So, And the, the thing about this, this is where you learn a lot about the clubs who, I know this sounds very cliche, but the clubs who will be there at the pointy end because when your list, when your depth is tested um, and it's, a, it's a, a saying that you often hear is that you win premierships with your bottom six, not your top six. Um, and so those guys coming in that need to cover for these, you know, clearly well, some of them top six players, those guys coming in, it, it's absolutely critical. Um, Certainly is. At, at the role that they play. So... Uh, you'll, you'll learn a lot. Uh, we'll all learn a lot as to, to where they're at um, and to, to see, you know, as they push towards the end of the year. Hopefully, as you mentioned, some of those injuries aren't too long-term. Um, but, yeah, they, they need to cover and, and good teams do. And there has to be a lot of those players that haven't played a lot of games for East Fremantle to really step up and also for South Fremantle as well. From an East Fremantle point of view, it'd have to be Chris Walker. I mean, he's just, he keeps getting better and better. I think this Saturday... At two, uh, 2.10 on the AFL app, Fremantle over will be his chance to really solidify himself as a big future star of East Fremantle. Very spectacular player, can take a really good mark, well-balanced kick, and is quick on his feet through midfield. Yeah, and and players players like that, um, you, you learn a lot about players in big games too. So, you know, finals is the, the easy one to look at, and you, you just got to respect players that play well in finals, but this is sort of the next, uh, the next you know, thing in line is big games like this and yeah I'm looking forward to seeing him because uh, he's certainly got the talent um, and so yeah stamp yourself on a big game that's a way to make your reputation and from South Fremantle's point of view it'd have to be Brendan Donaldson I mean he's had a few lean games in the forward line they've stuck him in midfield a little bit I'd put him up forward I'd, I'd put Ooh, him up forward and swing. get the scoreboard pressure going because South Fremantle they, they've lacked that a little bit especially since at the start of the season they lost a couple of their Good, mature superstars. Mason Shaw, he was the leader of that forward line for a long, long time. And since then, South Fremantle haven't really been able to find someone, whether it be a young player or experienced, to really swing down that forward line. With the ex- exception, I might say, of Zach Strom, that can kick big bags of goals. So good X-mouth some, boy. Yep, absolutely. Good placer in WA's X-mouth, no doubt about that. He'll so, live there for a year. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, now, if Zach Strom wants to have some support in that forward line, I'd go with Brendan Donaldson, swing him in. Yeah, yeah. And very talented family too, because I think the sister Mim is also in uh, in the been around the AFLW system. Yes. So, um, yeah, very talented family. But yeah, I, I don't hate the idea of, of throwing Donaldson up forward. And when you think about it, like... You know, we spoke to Harrison Marsh about this, that it's weird. You don't look back and go, oh, we've lost 15 in a row. Like, there's something. You don't think about it. But South Fremantle can absolutely use that. Yeah. And they will say, hey, if we jump these guys, they're going to be going at quarter time. They're going to be going, oh, my goodness, we're three or four goals down. We, we've lost 15 in a row. And it does start to get into the minds of East Fremantle. So I don't hate the idea. If you can put some, some power up forward and kick a few early goals, uh, I actually think, 
you know, I've never been a fan, like I've said many times, I've never been a fan of analysing previous results, but when it's something like 15 in a row, I think it absolutely will play on their mind. But within, with that in mind, the tips for the game, I'm going to say it'll be 15 and 1 on Saturday. East Fremantle will win. Yeah, well, I'd be hypocritical if I picked South Fremantle because I said I don't care about previous results. So for that reason, I'm going to say it's close, but I will also pick East Fremantle because they clearly haven't... Well, they know, we heard from um, Harry Marsh as well, how big this game is, and, and I think that'll be enough. Um, but <laughs> in saying that, you know, it's a it's an incredible, incredible run of Such games. intrigue, yeah, yeah, around this run, 15-0 and 0 for, for South Fremantle. But expect this one to be very physical as well, as all Fremantle derbies are. Yeah. Now, the second game of Round 16. It's at 2.40 at Leaderville Oval on Saturday. It's live on Channel 7. This is a big one. Hopefully a good crowd over there. East Perth and Subiaco, the co-tenants, battling it out uh, to see whether East Perth can continue to stay alone atop the ladder or will Subiaco... Uh, keep the fight alive in the race for the double chance. Yeah, gunning for nine in a row, which is also incredible. I think we spoke a couple of weeks ago about, um, you know, finding ways to win and and they've just done their body of work in the middle of the season. Well, obviously starting early-ish, but nine in a row um, is formidable. Um, Subi, I think, would have been a little bit annoyed about that game a couple of weeks ago. Um, Against Swans. Yeah, yeah, against Swans. And I suspect that the response we saw against Perth, who, look, we know Perth aren't travelling well, but um, Subi did what needed to be done. I reckon there was a little bit of anger in that. Um, So look for them to hold on to that and and build. Um, And I am going to stick my neck out and say that, Subi might win this. Ooh, you are really <laughs> sticking your neck out in this one. But there is good reasoning behind it, especially with the, the three matchups that I reckon could be a big difference into winning this game. Scott versus Clark mm. in the ruck. Watch out for that. That's going to be a good battle. Sokol versus Tedesco in the respective forward lines. Yeah. And then the back line, I reckon, is also going to be a big key. Tom North leading the charge for East Perth in that back line. And also, you're looking at a couple of players in the likes of Drew Road and Aaron Heal that are that are leading the Subiaco back line. That could be a big battle. That could be a big difference as well. But I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say East Perth. I said that they won't drop another game. I'm sticking to that. They'll win nine in a row because of what they've got in midfield, up forward mm. and down back. They just got every piece of the puzzle going nicely for them, and it's gelling under Ross McQueen. And I reckon they'll have uh, Subiaco worried early on in the game, even in the tricky conditions as well. There is forecast for a bit of rain on uh, on Saturday, but uh, East Perth and Subiaco, having said that, they are both uh, pretty decent wet weather sites. Yeah. Oh, look, there's absolutely no issue in your prediction because, you know, going for a team that's won eight in a row is, um, yeah, like they've been so strong and, when you mention that midfield, you're like, yeah, that's that's the real sort of, that's where it starts. Goal-kicking mids, you said on Tuesday, you know, provide yeah. that diamond dozen. And yeah, they, they do. And that's what East Perth can do. So um, Subi, I, I reckon the, not the heat, but I reckon the onus will be placed on, on their midfield is to say, hey, like we're a huge chance of winning this game. We need you guys to, to nullify East Perth's midfield. If they can just simply sort of even that battle, like just level it, don't expect to win a midfield battle against East Perth. But if you can somewhat neutralise it, uh, Subi will back themselves, you know, elsewhere on the field um, to get this done. And like I said, I reckon holding a little bit of anger at a couple of games they've dropped. Um, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I am sticking my neck out and saying they're going to win. Okay, 
He's caught up with a good mate of mine who is a Suvi Premiership player in Leachy, and he goes, yeah, watch out for him. Watch yep. out. I'd have to say they're, that they'll make East Perth work hard for that, especially in the conditions and yep. with what's at stake as well. But either way, it's going to be a ripper game. I reckon that one and, of course, the Frio that's Derby it. could be decided by a kick, I reckon, oh. especially with the pressure that's on both games. Imagine that. That would be nice, you know, for, especially only having two games. Give us, give us games by a kick. Is it too greedy to ask for another after the siren goal? No, actually it isn't. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> yeah, Especially good. in a Frio Derby. You wouldn't ask for anything better. Let's get that happening. Paul, you're a uh, you're a good waffle historian. Has there ever been a kick after the siren in a Fremantle Derby? Not that far that I can recall. I have to get uh, Tommy yeah. McCracken here, who's only just returned from uh, from Asia, from a cycling gig to <laughs> help us working. out with that one. We'll uh, get him uh, working on that one. Good to see you once again, Tommy. Welcome back to Perth. Uh, in the meantime... Both games are live, free, and in full on the AFL app. Don't miss any of them. It's going to be an absolute beauty. If you can't make it to the game, the AFL app is your safe haven. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. Now, we've outlined a little something for the fans here uh, to, to, to ask as well. Uh, stay, go, or drop, or stay, rise, and, or drop uh, for the seven teams that are currently in that race for finals placing. So we'll quickly go one by one, Mark, to see whether each of the teams will stay in the position they're in on the ladder, drop, or rise up the ladder. We'll start off with East Perth. Subiaco, East Fremantle, West Coast, and West Perth are the next four. But they haven't got really any big issues. The only issue they would face would be if they have a little bit of complacency near the end of the season. Apart from that, not much else. They've just got everything that you need for a quality football side. Yep, agree, and I'm absolutely saying stay. Um, I think by way of percentage, East Fremantle is probably the ones to maybe take it off them because I'm, as we spoke about earlier, I'm not sure what's going on with Claremont earlier in the week. We spoke about that, but um, I say stay for East Perth. Stay for East Perth. They'll finish on top? Yep, I think they will. Yep, I reckon they'll stay as well. Fans, what do you think? Will East Perth stay, rise or drop? Let us know in the comments below. Claremont, well, they've got a good back line led by Anthony Davis and their ruck division has been solid. There's that discipline, and they're relying on too few players at the moment. They're relying on the likes of Bolton and Rogers to see plenty of the football and get get it towards their 50. But the way the way of their disposal from midfield into attack, it wasn't good, in the, especially in the second half against West Perth, where they just conceded turnovers from inbound kicks going into attack. But also that home loss, their first home loss yeah. of the year, that could mean a wobble. Uh, it could. Um, just a reminder that I did pick that home loss. So oh, just no. saying. <laughs> I'm not hearing the end of this from you. <laughs> no, because I don't get many right. So no, I've got to celebrate no. them when I do. And not only that, I got <laughs> lynched by Skeet a couple of weeks ago yeah. in the women's grand final. So that doesn't help. Yeah, I remember that. Um, unsure what's happening with Claremont. I'm confused, but I am not one to judge on a, you know, a small sample size. So um, I will keep watching, but because of my confusion, I'm going to say drop. Um, and on that point, like Bolton and, um, you know, it's almost a concern because they're still winning the ball. They like they're still getting a lot of it and it's not happening. So I think that's, yeah, probably that bottom six. You sort of give them the uh, the old boot to butt. But um, I say drop. I'm, do I need to tell you how far or just drop? No, just, just say drop. Thank goodness because I don't, I don't think they'll say second, but I don't know where they'll end up here. Yeah, I think drop, but maybe oh, if they continue playing the way they did against West Perth, maybe they'll miss the double chance. Maybe they'd have to play a home elimination final. Well, yeah, and that'll be the you know that would be disaster because well, not really because their home record apart from that loss has been very strong. I I agree. I'm so, disaster to miss the three because making the top three 
for for wafl finals is is really really important like mm. it's almost yeah it's similar to the afl it's very difficult to win from outside what about east Fremantle? currently in third they've got uh, claremont at the wacker in a couple of weeks uh the royals Perth and Subiaco in the final four. The developing stars has been yeah. a vital asset. Chris Walker in particular, also Harry Marsh in his first season. But the late injuries and their up and down form from their forward line as well could be a big issue. Having said that, I reckon they'll still rise. I reckon they'll get second place. Yeah, I'm with you. I was just, I was thinking, I say rise, I say second. Um, if Yeah, if I'm sort of working this out in my head, but if I'm thinking East Perth are first, I, I I can't see them going any higher than second. So I'll say rise up to second. What about Subiaco? They've got East Perth on Saturday, then the Eagles, South Fremantle, uh, South Fremantle and East Fremantle in the final two weeks. Their maturity has been good. I mean, like Tash Schofield said on Tuesday, yeah. their footy's been good, but not good enough at the moment. But it can be good enough if they can win their last four. I reckon they'll rise, yep. but the problem is they have to sort out their four, uh, final quarter fade-outs as well. They had it, they've had they had a couple over the last month, with the exception of uh, last week's win over Perth. And the form of Sokol in that forward line has been a little bit suspect. He did get three in that win on Saturday. But also the midfield relying on Lee Kitchen. Yep. Um, I have a simple response to that in that form is temporary, class is permanent. Yes. And I think Sokol will come good. I think uh, guys like Lee Kitchen... Uh, they know how to get this done. And I'm actually going to say rise looking at this. I reckon it'll be Claremont dropping down probably to fourth. Uh, okay. I reckon Subi will... Yeah, I, I think Subi will make the three. Subi will um, make a double chance. Okay. I, I like the belief. Like, <laughs> I know, yeah, again, don't read too much into too much, but I like the belief that they spoke about. And I sort of... Um, just heard murmurings, you know, this year that they were, you know, of course they thought they'd do okay, but perhaps not this well. And I think when a team overachieves, it's a bit of a belief. Yeah, um, and belief and dedication. Absolutely. And when you create belief, good things can happen. Absolutely. I'll say rise and they'll get that double chance as well. Peel Thunder. We know the easy thing yeah. to point out is obviously the injuries to Fremantle, yep. uh, to their AFL side, and having to get a couple of players from Peel Thunder as well. But they've also got a good attacking brand of football, and their run and carry through Blair Bell and Ben Hancock is very, very good. They'll stay in the current position they're in. I reckon they'll make the five. I'm going to go absolutely rogue here and say that they will drop. Whoa! <laughs> big call, big call. By way of West Perth. So... Um, I'm going to absolutely do what I've said I'd never do and base it on a very small sample size in that West Perth had a really good win against Claremont. Um, they clearly, well, yeah, they're never going to lose belief. They think they can make it. And if they keep having big wins, they've got, what do they got? 8% to bridge and two games. So um, that'll probably happen organically if Peel drops two and West Perth gains two. Problem is, West Perth and Swan Districts, that deficit is always going to be one that they'll have at the back of their minds as well. So I'll say Peel to stay, and I'm also going to say West Perth and Swan Districts to stay as well. Only reason because of that deficit, but also West Perth, their form at home hasn't been good. Same can be said Mm. for Swan Districts. Uh, The positives for both sides, Swans have got a very good disciplined midfield. They've had that all season. The likes of Pina, Turner, McLaughlin, who's really made a name for himself. Yeah, his first season in Kemp, well. uh, who's uh, shifted up forward a little bit. But uh, also, uh, Jesse Turner at times had been playing a bit of a lone hand in midfield and during those losses didn't get a lot of support. For West Perth, their major concern now is Nathan Alexandre, who had that knee injury and uh, missed the season, and is going to miss the rest of the season. So I reckon those final three teams, Peel Thunder, West Perth and Swan Districts, will stay where they are. Uh, yep, so I'll, I'll just do it very quickly. I think Peel drop to six, West Perth go to fifth. That's what I... <laughs> 
Or am I hoping? I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. So two games to bridge and a bit of percentage, but I think that's doable. I say Peel sixth. I think Swans stay in seventh. They've left themselves too much to do, but I do like what I'm seeing from them, by the way. I've seen them for a couple of weeks um, in a row. Um, and then, yeah, look, the bottom three, I would just say they stay where they are. South, Perth, and West Coast. Um, Perth, yeah, it's been a really tough season for Perth. Um, and that's not been ideal um, to see the way they're going, but... Um, look, hopefully they can blood a, new, a few young players and um, move up next year. Absolutely. Their Colts program, I reckon uh, that'll be a good source because they've been going unbelievably well this season. That's just about all the time we have for today's edition of Around the Waffle. Mark, have a good weekend at the footy and I'll see you on Tuesday. Thanks, Paul. Look forward to it. It's going to be a big round. Two games, but they're both absolute biggins. Round 16, the Derby and, of course, East Perth taking on Subiaco. Both games are live, free and in full on the AFL app on Saturday. Of course, you can watch us on the Backchat Studios YouTube channel or listen wherever you get your podcast. We also have socials in operation, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up. We really do appreciate it. This has been Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. We look forward to your company on Tuesday. Bye for now. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.